so glad that you found my podcast, Processing the Process. This is a very niche community. There's not much out there podcast-wise about this process of auditioning for musical theater programs from a parent's perspective and having children who are aspiring to become musical theater actors and actresses. So I just wanted to really encourage people to leave me feedback, any comments I would love. You can find me on Instagram at Processing the Process PTP. You can also find me on Facebook at PTP dash Lisa Tams. PTP dash L-I-S-A T-H-A-M-S. The more that kind of interaction happens, somehow with algorithms, the easier it is for others to be able to come across this if they, in fact, are looking for this kind of information. And, of course, you can always email me directly at lisatams at aol.com. If you choose to do that, if you can put processing the process or PTP in the subject line, that would help me uh, not to accidentally (laughs) delete it. I am going to appeal to you to please do that. Thanks. I appreciate you, and I hope that you are finding this helpful, valuable, comforting, informative. All right. Thanks very much. Hi. This is episode 21 of Processing the Process, and the name of this episode is After Graduation and First Year Out with Bryn Riviere. Full disclosure, Bryn is actually Frankie's girlfriend. I met her at CCM and have had the pleasure of watching her perform. She is a very talented actress and most importantly has a sweet spirit and just a warm heart. Bryn was 16 years old when she started at CCM. So that is really remarkable. We cover how that came to be. It's just really an impressive, very determined, passionate path that she took. Pretty amazing. Um, Things that we cover here, her education at CCM, her feelings about being prepared after graduation. We get into some good stuff about balancing her survival job and auditioning. And of course, the all-important I'm loving that this is really surfacing, really, in every conversation that I'm having. Having a healthy mental state and a positive attitude and how to accomplish that. She really expresses about how important that is and the struggle of it. On several occasions, the idea of focusing on being yourself and learning how to bring you into the room and that it's truly the secret of the auditioning process. Other things that we talk about are navigating getting an agent, and she refers to that process as a beast, quote-unquote. 
the ins and outs of audition life in New York, equity, the benefits and drawbacks, self-care, and also in closing, we talk about her taking a professional name and her thoughts on that. So many good things here that are practical bits of information, but also just insight on what your child, if you're a parent listening, or you, if you are a student listening, will be looking ahead at. And I think that listening gives you a great opportunity to peek ahead at what truly is to come. Thanks for being here and enjoy listening. So this has been quarantine time and Bryn has, well, Bryn and Frankie have, well, they left New York and have been kind of back and forth between her home and here at our home. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to embrace her heart and her thoughts. We are just going to chat and see where we go. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Um, Bryn, how old are you? I am 21. And where are you originally from? I am originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Give me just like a synopsis of how you got to where you are Okay. today. So mine is kind of a crazy story that I will try to make mm. um, as short as possible. Um, I grew up doing theater. I have an older sister who has always done musical theater. I grew up watching her. Um, My mom was a dance teacher, so I was in dance class from a very young age. I think I started dancing at three. I started doing musicals. I did my first musical when I was eight. I did lots of shows, community theater, regional stuff, stuff at school. I was taking dance classes. I was a competitive dancer, so I was in the studio probably five to six days a week dancing in high school. I went to Dutchtown High School for two years and then in New Orleans there's a school called NOCA which is New Orleans Center for the Creative Arts or Performing Arts High School. You would go to school at your normal high school from 7 to 12 and then you would leave school drive for me it was an hour to New Orleans every day and then you would go do your classes at NOCA from one to five so that was my plan was two years at Dutchtown two years at NOCA when I was going into my junior year it would have been my first year at NOCA a close friend who was going to audition for a chorus line at Tulane Summer Lyric a regional equity house in New Orleans it was like you're auditioning for colleges soon, it'll be great to get seen, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, okay. And Diane Lala, who is the head of musical theater dance at CCM, is a director, choreographer at Tulane Summer Lyric. So I went to the audition, and then I got a call back. And I got the job. At this time I was 15, they were doing cabaret after that, and Diane and I kind of really hit it off, and she ended up asking me to stay and do cabaret. Oh, I should also mention that Roger Grodsky, who's the head of the voice department at CCM, was also the music director for these productions. They approached me at the end of the summer, and they were like, we're really interested in you. Um, 
we think you have lots of potential, but we know that you're not going to be auditioning for another year. And I kind of was just like, well, what if I just came next year? Like, is that possible? Can I do that? Mm -hmm. And I looked at my mom and she was like, I don't know, but we can find out. Mm -hmm. And so the next day we called Dutchtown, we called NOCA. We were like, is it possible for me to fast track my junior and my senior year into one so I can audition for schools this year? Dutchtown and NOCA were both very amazing and understanding. And they were like, yes, we'll do whatever you need. They said, we have a great like online homeschooling program that you can try out and see if that works. So that's what I did. I did my junior year classes first semester, and I would wake up and do them before NOCA in the morning, and then I would go to NOCA in the afternoon. And then second semester, I did my senior year classes, and then I would go to NOCA in the afternoon, which was so hard and probably the most challenging thing I've ever done. Um, It was a lot. And then on top of all that, I was starting the college audition process, which was crazy. And then I... Got into CCM, (laughs) and went to CCM, and now I'm in New York. (laughs) That was so long, but it was crazy, and I was very lucky to have been in the situation that I was in. So, when it came down to you having to fast track and everything that that required of you, were you... Were you kind of on your own with that in terms of, like, staying focused and disciplined? Because that's still pretty young to be so focused day in and day out. When I look back on it now, I do think that it was crazy that I was that I was doing all those things. I did have a lot of help from my mom. My mom has always been so helpful and so supportive. So when I look back on it now, I'm like, wow, how did I do that? But in the moment, I think I was so excited and so zeroed in on what I knew that the future had in store if I could just, like, get it done that I didn't really have a problem. And as a parent, watching your child do that, I think, wow. And also feel very affirmed that certainly... You wanted this. Right. My parents always say the whole year, they were just like, what is going to happen? She's literally 16. Like, how is this going to play out? Is They said they were, I mean, as as you could imagine, they were very torn about did they make the right decision and was this going to play out the right way? And when I did get into college, what is this going to be like with her going to college as a 16 year old um but I think they're happy with how it worked out well you had (laughs) to have been premature to take all of that on yes and I do think that because I was doing theater from such a young age I was always surrounded by people so much older than me and yeah I think that I matured very young from being in those kinds of situations did you have a an identifiable mentor? I had lots. Again, I was at Center Stage Performing Arts Academy, which is where I grew up dancing. They had, I would say, probably a, a good percentage of the kids that went to Center Stage went on to do this for a living in some kind of capacity. And so I think that the staff there knew that I was capable 
and also having a sister who did it, I really feel like I looked up to my sister so much and she had gone through the whole audition process and she was on tour and, you know, doing all the things that I wanted to be doing so bad. And honestly, I guess like her affirmation was kind of all that I needed at that point. Her being there to support me, her saying like, oh my gosh, yes. I wish that I, like, would have been in your situation when I was auditioning for schools. Yeah, she was my mentor because she had done it and she had been through it and she was doing it. And I was also very lucky to have that figure in my life. Well, and I forgot the fact that you were at a performing arts academy is different. And at that academy, did you have lessons or classes in dance voice and acting all there I can remember correctly we had dance days two days a week where we would do jazz tap and ballet oh we also took modern and then we had acting classes we didn't have one-on-one voice lessons but we had a rep class where he would teach us genres of music and whatnot And then we also did musicals, two musicals a year there. Okay, so um, did you have a coach? Yes, I worked with uh, Mariana Denard, Moo Crew. And this was, though, a long time ago. A long time ago. This was, yeah. Nine years ago. I'm trying to think maybe she had 40 to 60 people. It was not as big as it is now, for sure. And between that program and your performing arts school... And you had a sister who had gone through it. You were in good hands. I was in great <laughs> hands. And your auditions, how many schools did you audition for? Um, we went through and did so much research and kind of decided on the eight that I was really serious about. And I just kind of said, if I don't get into one of these, then I'll pick something else or I'll take a gap year and then we'll decide from there what I'm going to do. So I kept it small and thankfully I got into one. (laughs) Okay, so fast forward, you got into CCM, which was your number one. Yes, my number one for sure. Now, having gone there, I know this is like skipping quite far ahead, but it's something that I haven't covered with anybody else Mm -hmm. on my chats. CCM is pretty consistently in the top three schools. How did you feel about your education while you were there? And then being that now you're graduated, what your thoughts are on your preparedness having gone there? Yeah. So, CCM is outstanding. Um, They live up to their reputation in every way, and I think that CCM does an amazing job of making you a very well-rounded performer in all three areas. I think they do a great job of grooming you in dancing, singing, and acting. Can I pause you for one second? Mm -hmm. I don't want this to go on too much of a tangent, but I feel like there's a perspective out there that's common that CCM is a school for dancing musical theater students. Yeah, I remember hearing that from so many people 
then I got there and I just I think that that is the furthest thing from the truth that's good to know from someone who right I mean I think that CCM does an incredible job of making people who aren't strong dancers into very strong dancers I think that that is one of the things that they're best at actually Diane is incredible at teaching basic technique and there were people in our freshman class who started having never taken a dance class in their whole life and finishing in jazz three so yeah i would have to disagree with that point of view okay um and i think that just reflects that the attitudes that you may hear about any given school as being whatever way right Talk to students yes. who are there or who have gone there to get accurate information. Absolutely. Okay, so now, sorry, I interrupted you. So going back. Yes, they do a great job of grooming you in all areas. And one thing that I think that still to this day absolutely blows my mind about CCM, the number one reason that I'm so grateful to have gone to that program You get lots of performing opportunities, which I think is the most important thing, personally. Um, Obviously, you can take class and class and class and class and class, and yes, you will develop a great technique, but putting it into practice in a musical, there's no better way to learn than doing that. Um, So you get lots of performance opportunities. They do four musicals a year, which is incredible. And... The tech department at CCM is one of the best in the country. Um, So the quality of performance that they are able to put on is, it's mind-blowing. I mean, from the costumes, they have a costume department. So there are students who are designing your costumes for your body. They have wig and makeup. So there are students who are designing the wig specifically for your head. They're doing your pin curls for you, and they're doing your makeup in their chair before you go on stage. They're putting your mic on. The the sound design is amazing. The set design is amazing. I mean, everything. It is truly Broadway-caliber production. It teaches you so much about professionalism, and the work that goes into these shows on every other end rather than just... Being in the show, right. Um, And freshman year, you have to do tech design and production class. You go and you learn about what they're doing in the shop to make your production happen. And then you have to do shop hours where you work in the scene design shop and in the hair and makeup shop so that you can learn what other people are doing to make you look good, which Mm -hmm. I think is so important. Um, So yes, that is my quick synopsis on my time at CCM. It's wonderful. What was the second part of the question? Oh, my preparedness. When you start as a freshman and you get to see the senior showcase, which is something that CCM does. Their accepted students weekend is wonderful. And you get to watch senior showcase. You sit there and you're like, wow, when I'm a senior, like, they have it all figured out, you know? Like, they just, like, they there's a secret to doing this, and, like, they know the secret, and 
they know what they're doing, they're ready, and that's gonna be me, and I can't wait. And the reality is, there's not a secret, (laughs) and you never know what you're doing. It's not like a letdown when you get there, but you just realize, like, oh, I'm still figuring this out, and I'm never gonna have it all figured out. Yeah, and I think that comes with maturity as well, just learning. You have to roll with the punches. You're not perfect. You're not this, like, groomed musical theater robot that knows exactly how to do everything. So I think with senior year and with showcase and with moving to the city, I learned to, like, release that need to know exactly what was coming next, I guess. Then when you move to New York, you're just, you're the freshman again, watching all the people on Broadway being like, they have it figured out. And it's like, wait, no, they don't have it figured out. So I think that there was definitely an expectation that I was going to move to New York and know what I was doing. And it's not a lack of preparedness. It's just how it is. You know what I mean? You get there and it's a whole new world and no amount of teaching can really prepare you for that. It's a whole new experience. If there's one thing that I think musical theater programs could work on in general is preparing you for what your day-to-day audition life will be in New York because school prepares you to be in a musical. You know what I mean? So when you get the job, you know how to do it. It doesn't exactly teach you what auditioning is going to be like, which is 99% of your life as an actor. So just all of the ins and outs, like an EPA versus an ECC, or... Which is? Which is an equity principal audition versus an equity chorus call, which are two different types of auditions that you can go to in New York. And things like managing your finances, or... Just things that you don't think about are going to be a part of your life. Filing your taxes. Filing your taxes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Working with actors' equity, you know, things like that that nobody teaches you how to do, and then you get there and you just have to kind of figure it out. I think that would be very beneficial to students who are about to come out into New York for them to learn those things and just have an idea of what it's of what to expect once you get there. Because that is a huge part of your... I mean, I'm finishing out my first year there, and it's like that was what my first year was spent grasping all those things. You know, for most graduating students of MT, they haven't lived that life day to day. Yeah. In, in a perfect world. I don't know. Like, should you have a mentor relationship your senior year mm-hmm. where you are speaking weekly with somebody who's just out Mm -hmm. and they're like okay this is where I'm at now I would think it's encouraging students to get to New York as much as they can on breaks and if there's an audition something that you see on backstage that you really want to go in for or something like that go to New York and go to the audition go for a summer and spend two months there And go to as many auditions as you can. Get an idea of what that is going to be like. Because, like I said, that's the reality of it, is going to those auditions and sitting and waiting and maybe not getting seen. And 
I think that that would help a lot is telling people to go and do it before they're actually there doing it. You were in New York quite mm-hmm. a bit. I was. Oh. Yeah. Um, I was there for two summers because my sister was there. Two summers that I didn't have summer stock work. I just went and lived with her and took lots of dance classes. I mean, summer is slow, so there's not a ton going on all the time, but went to whatever I saw that I wanted to go in for, I would try and get seen at, which at the time I didn't have my equity card, which is, it's always harder to do that. Um, but I was to very be lucky seen. It's to always... be seen. It's always harder to be seen, but that was what was the nice thing that I learned was I went and I was like, Oh, I've been sitting here for three hours and I'm still not going to get seen at this audition. That's definitely something that I want to work on. Getting my equity card is something that I personally want to work on that will make my life easier once I get here, which I was lucky enough to do that the summer after my senior year before I moved to New York. But yeah, things like that, that I was able to learn ahead of time. Does CCM, or do you know, do do colleges, it seems like it would serve them well to every year to do a feedback panel to the faculty, but also to the students. Yes, absolutely. At the end of our senior year, we did get the opportunity to sit down with the head of TAPA, which is the division that the musical theater department is in at CCM, and give feedback, which was so nice. And I think they took a lot of what we said and applied it this year, which was amazing to see. But I definitely think it would be beneficial to be a regular thing that happens, absolutely. Moving to New York, what are the greatest challenges as an actress, but also just day-to-day? So day-to-day, the challenge of balancing your survival job and auditioning, which is what you came there to do, is extremely hard because it's expensive to live in New York. So expensive. And auditioning doesn't pay you any money. So you have to have a job that supports you, but you also have to have time to audition. Money goes quick and it's very easy to fall into the trap of, I just need to work. I just need to work. I just need to work. I need to make money. I need to make money. You're paying off student loans. You know what I mean? There's so much going on. You have to pay bills. And then it's like, oh, I haven't been to an audition in three weeks because I've been working every single day. And look at all of these things that I missed that I could have been in for. So figuring that out is hard and very important. But in terms of being an actress, the greatest challenge is just having to show up just in it of itself. Keeping your own energy mm-hmm. up and positivity right. and endurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Having to keep a good attitude about it and staying confident in yourself and your own abilities because I think that's the first thing to go is when you go and you go and you go and you just don't ever hear anything or you just don't ever get seen or you just don't ever get it it's like I'm not 
getting any feedback, which you just don't get feedback, which is the honest truth about it. It just isn't your time yet, or it wasn't the job for you, and keeping a healthy mental state and a positive attitude is the most important thing. And finding a way to bring your authentic self into everything that you do, which is something that I, another thing that I think that schools are starting to focus more on that I think is very, very, very important is just being yourself because that's the only thing that you can do. And the only thing in the, in the long run that's going to get you the job is they're not looking for an idea of something. They're looking for you to just be you. And if, if that speaks to them that day, then, and it's, it's hard to not fall into the trap of being like, I'm auditioning for American Idiot, so I need to wear this mm. and sing this and try and sound like this because they see right through you. They know that that's not who you are. You know what I mean? And one day they're going to be doing a show that's perfect for you just the way that you are. And that's when you're going to get the job. It really has to be a perfect fit for you as a person at your core. Yeah, so just learning how to bring you into the room is also a struggle, but I think it's the secret. <laughs> and do you feel like CCM or, you know, from friends you know that went to other schools, they're encouraging individuality or is there this, like, you should come out as this, I don't know if typical is the right word, but musical theater performer. Mm -hmm. I think that for years and years and years, musical theater has been that. I think that it's been this perfect mold of what you should be and how you should look and what you should sound like and what you should dress like. And I think that over the past few years, it has completely flipped a total 180. And I think that casting directors and schools and choreographers and everyone in the business is now encouraging and accepting complete individuality um, in every way. In the way that you look, in the way that you move, in the way that you sound. Um, I think that it is really taking a turn for the better and it is now becoming a much safer place for people who maybe haven't felt like they belonged before. So I think that would be a really good question as a potential student to the school that you're interested in is, you know, how are you encouraging, in what ways, what classes, what attitudes, what extra things are you doing that are helping to encourage individuality? Absolutely. Um, I think that's a... As a strength. Um, and to meet, you know, the current market expectation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in one of my other conversations, I said, I think all of it exists. Like, you do, you do still need your typical musical theater 
person. Right, right. Because there are musicals that that call for that. Absolutely. But you also need, like, your raw, almost untrained person. Yep. Because there are places for that. Absolutely. Um, I think the spectrum now is so broad. Yes. That there's a place for, for everyone, but unlearning something, I feel like is harder than learning it. Absolutely. I completely agree. And we definitely heard that when we graduated, we had the day after our showcase in New York, CCM put together an amazing panel that we got to meet with as a graduating class and talk to it was a, a combination of casting directors and actors in the business and, I mean, all different kinds of people. And that was something that they said to us. They were like, you will spend the next year unlearning a lot of the things that you learned in school and learning to just go in there and do something that makes you smile and that makes you happy and that makes you feel like you did a good job. And in terms of agents. What are your thoughts on finding one that's genuinely a good fit for you, one mm-hmm. that's going to work for you, yeah, and what you would want to inform people ahead of time? Navigating that whole process was a beast, um, something that we weren't exactly prepared for when we got to New York. So basically, we finished showcase and we got a list of people who were interested in us and then it was our responsibility to contact those people and set up meetings. So we spent, I mean, probably two weeks going to all of these meetings and it's so hard because everyone says to you, you're hiring them, they're not hiring you, you know what I mean? So like, you take charge, you ask questions, but (laughs) it's hard to feel that way when you're sitting across from them and I don't know. It's just, it it was a strange process. They still have control. Yes, absolutely. They can still say, okay, never mind. I'm actually not interested in you. So knowing like what questions to ask them and feeling like you weren't stepping on their toes or it was strange, um, kind of a very uncomfortable process. However, there were the people who you went into their office and you immediately felt like, oh, like, I can breathe a little bit right now because they made you feel comfortable. In my situation, it came down to it and I was choosing between two great agencies. I was so torn and I was reaching out to people that I knew who were signed with each agency and I was asking questions and of course everyone's like, oh, they're great. Like, I love Mm -hmm. them so much. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't help me. And so... I was going to set up second meetings with both of them just to pick their brain a little bit more and see if I could get a vibe on what was the best decision. So I sent an email to agency A and I sent an email to agency B and agency A emailed me back, I mean, within five minutes being like, yes, you name the time, we'll be there, like, we can't wait to see you again. Agency B didn't email me back for three or four days. Mm. And I was like, okay. There's my answer. So, So, over the past year, I have realized that the most important thing for me, which I didn't know at the time, but thankfully I do have that now, which tells me that I made the right choice, is communication. I can email my agents, and just like that day when I was asking for a second interview, they will email me back right away. 
Um, they're great. They're on it. They make you feel like you can reach out. They make me feel like I can ask for things that I want. It's a relationship. And I feel like something that I've seen with classmates or friends who have struggled with their agents are people who don't have good relationships who say, I haven't heard from my agent in three weeks and, like, I'm scared to email them because, like, I don't know, they, like, sometimes don't reply when I email them or they're short when I email them and that's just the worst way to feel. Um, how do you sift that out? I don't know. I mean, it's always a question that you can ask in terms of communication. What, how is that going to work for us mm -hmm. here? I did ask that in my interview and the agent that I ended up signing with, they were like, I'll give you my cell number. Uh -huh. You have all of our emails. Like, whenever you need us, text us. Which not every agent gives that answer, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and I guess you never know, like, if the answer that they're giving you is what is actually it's actually going to, going to be. I mean, ultimately, what people told us was, you go with who you like. You go with who, whoever, when you go into their office, makes you feel like you're a part of their team, which you are. So, yeah, that was an interesting journey, for sure. Do you wait for them to send you to auditions, or do you contact them about auditions, or do you just go and not tell them? So, it's kind of a little bit of both. So, basically, agents send you, this is kind of like getting into the ins and outs of okay. audition life in New York. So agents send you on appointments, which are basically invited dance calls. So it's a closed thing. The agents get the breakdown. And let's say we're holding an invited dance call for a national tour of Legally Blonde the Musical. We're looking for 18 to 25-year-old girls with these abilities. And then your agents will go through their roster and they'll see who they have that would be right for the project, and they submit you for it, and then the casting team looks through and picks who they want to see, and then if they pick you, then your agents send you to the appointment. So these are closed auditions only for people with agents. Now there are also open calls. So that was the EPA or the ECC that I was talking okay. about which can be all dance calls or ECCs. Singing calls can be EPAs or ECCs. So those are open to whoever wants to go to them, and they're posted on the Actors' Equity website. If you are a member of Actors' Equity, you can go online every week, and they'll have all of the open calls on the page. And so whenever... It opens, it normally opens, I think, maybe about a week before the audition, the sign-up will open online. So if you have your equity card, you can go online, sign up, and it'll put you on a list. So let's say Legally Blonde, the national tour, is holding an open call. So I can go online, sign up, it'll say, all right, great, be here on Thursday morning, the call starts at 10, which means that you have to get there at 9.30 to sign to check in. So you go to the audition. They have a list of all the equity people who signed up online. So at 9.30, they'll start calling off the names on the list. 
and you say here, you bring them your equity card, and then they check you off. And then once they go through all the people on the list, it's open to equity walk-ins. So anyone who is equity who didn't sign up online can go and write their name down, and then they're on the list too. And then if they're seeing non-equity, it opens to non-equity who can go and sign up. All that to say, your agents will only send you on appointments. So I will go to whatever appointments my agent sends me and then also go to whatever open calls I feel like going to that week. The thing with open calls is they can actually be looking for someone or can or they can just be required calls. So every six months, a Broadway show has to have a required call where they see people even though they're not looking to cast anyone in the show. But is that worth going to because then you get in front of them? Yes, and you learn for, in my case, if I'm going to a dance hall, I learn the dance combination. Oh, I didn't think that. Many times that has happened where I've gone to the open call, I learned the combination, and then a month later I got an appointment for the show, Mm. and then I already knew the combination, Mm. which is great. But people do it all different ways. I pretty much just do that because I don't like to sit still, and if I'm not going to anything, I feel like I'm not doing anything. So there are a lot of people who wait for their agents to get them the appointments, and then they go to just the appointments that their agent gets them, which is fine. It's like practice. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Are you taking dance and voice lessons still? Yes, I take, I do voice lessons every other week with uh, Dr. Corey Jennings, and then I have a card for steps, and I have a card for BDC that basically you can buy, like, a... 10 class card and then just whenever it's convenient. Those are dance studios? Yes. Okay. And you can walk in? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to like sign up ahead of time or anything. You're auditioning. Are you auditioning primarily for chorus or supporting roles Mm -hmm. or leads? That's another topic that I can kind of touch on is when I first started doing musical theater, I couldn't dance at all. You're talking young? Young. Okay. Yeah. Um, because you're an amazing dancer. (laughs) (laughs) As I got older, I felt confident in my singing and my acting, and I kind of started to put my focus more on dance. I went to summer intensives, the Boston Conservatory Summer Dance Intensive, which is amazing. I would recommend it to everyone. It is fabulous. Even if you're not a great dancer? Yes. That's, that, because that's why I went. So I was really putting my focus on that. Ended up getting really good at dance. And I had grown up in competition dance world. So, like, I was a good dancer, but I was by no means the best dancer in the world of competitive dance. And when I got to school, I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm a pretty good dancer. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Looking back on it now, I don't know if it was myself or if it was school or what, but I kind of was boxed into this position of, like, you're a dancer. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good that you can sing and act, too, because that'll just be a bonus. But, like, you're a great dancer, and that's what you need to market yourself as. So, all throughout school, that was, like, my thing. I mean, that was, like, what I did. I didn't play a lot of roles at school. I was primarily the dance captain and the girl who was dancing. And then, coming out of school and kind of moving into the audition world, I realized that... All of these amazing dancers that I was in the competitive dance world with who went to school to study dance are now coming 
the, the theater world is kind of meeting with the dance world. And the very talented people who have studied dance for the past four years while I was studying musical theater are coming to dance in the ensemble of these Broadway shows, and I can't hold a candle to these guys, you know and what I mean? And they don't, but they don't sing. They don't sing, act. but in the way that our industry is moving, it kind of doesn't matter, because mm-hmm. it's so segregated between the people who are going to sing and be the lead roles, and then the people who are going to dance their face off in uh-huh. the ensemble. So, that was a hard thing for me to kind of come to terms with, was that now, not only is my dancing not up to par with these people, but my singing and my acting is definitely not up to par with my people. So, yes, I would say that is what I was doing most of my first year, but also trying to take voice lessons as much as I can, and recently trying to go to as many singer calls as I can just to get comfortable doing that in front of people, which I wasn't for so long. But my agents really do a great job of kind of giving me a a little bit of everything, which I'm so grateful for. They've sent me on a lot of dance calls, but they also have sent me on to regional things that I could play roles at this point. That's my long answer for that question. (laughs) Well, and I think it's incredible to be a super talented dancer technically But to play a role and dance is different. Mm -hmm. For sure. And to have studied musical theater and to have an understanding of the art form behind the technique that is your dancing. Be able to bring the story that you're telling to your dancing is a whole other thing that I am thankful for that I do feel like I kind of have a leg up on. About equity... I know you have your equity card. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend working towards your equity card while you are in college by doing summer stock where you can earn equity points? There's always people who will tell you one way or the other. And so it is a very individual basis. But I think working towards it so that you can make the decision, I'm going to take it or I'm not going to take it, which you can do. I think that is a great place to be in. I made the decision that I wanted to take mine, and I definitely have experienced the benefits and the repercussions of that decision, because lots of tours are going non-ec right now. Which Um, means that you can't audition for them, because you are equity. Because I'm equity. So there are a lot of missed opportunities, but also a The benefits of having it are incredible because it is a hard life to live. You can't show up at the dance hall at 9.30 like I can and and give them my card and check my name off the list. You have to be there at 5 o'clock in the morning just to maybe get your name on the list. So it is a huge blessing to have it, but you're also taking a hit. I think that a lot of people don't realize, I think... It's this glorified thing that's like, oh, as soon as I get my equity card, my life is going to be so much better. And yes, it will get easier. It's not going to change your life like everybody thinks it is. You are going to have a lot of missed opportunities. There are a lot of things that you probably could have gotten had you not had your equity Mm -hmm. card. But like I said, 
working towards it so that you can make the decision when you're ready to have it, I think is really beneficial. I just want to clarify what equity means in case somebody is just tuning into this and they don't know how you earn right. your equity card or points towards your equity card. Right. So uh, Actors Equity, which is the union for actors, there are theaters who will give you the opportunity to become an equity membership candidate. So you will get your EMC card, which means that I am working towards getting my equity card. So there are theaters who will give you equity points for doing a show there. So you'll get one point for every week that you work. Once you have gotten 25 points you are able to buy your equity card or you work at a theater who says that we will give you your equity card if you come and work for us that was what I was able to do I had my EMC card I think I had 15 points and then the summer after my senior year I worked at Stage of St. Louis wonderful theater and they gave me my equity card I still had to pay my fees and all of that but they gave it to me without me having to earn the points to get it. So those are the two ways that you can go about that. It's like a grocery store reward. Exactly. exactly something exactly. like that. Um, what is your recommendations on self-care? Something that I was told in school that I did not learn until I was out of school is that... The most important thing is having things that you like to do and that make you happy outside of theater, that have nothing to do with theater. Because in school, your whole life is theater school, (laughs) but it's still fun and you get to hang out with your friends and you kind of don't mind that it's your whole life. But when you graduate and auditioning is your job, it is very important to find things that you enjoy doing that aren't theater. Suddenly, as fun as it still is, it's also very hard and can bring you a lot of sadness and feelings of unfulfillment, and you have to find a placeholder for that that doesn't involve, you know, singing and dancing and acting. So that would be my number one piece of advice for self-care because that really makes a huge difference. Cooking, reading. Yeah, just anything, you know. And in school, I would think about that. I would be like, what what do I enjoy doing that's not theater? Like, oh, I don't know. This is so hard. Like, I have to find something. But now that I... And out of school, I kind of realized that there are a lot of things just in day-to-day life that I enjoy doing that aren't necessarily a hobby that I had to search for. I love cooking dinner with my boyfriend at night or watching The Bachelor with my girlfriends or working out. That's like super cliche. I used to hate when people say that. Like, no, you don't (laughs) love working out. But like, you do. It's like me time that Mm -hmm. I really enjoy. Yeah, or anything. Taking a bath. Taking a bath is my favorite thing in the whole world. If I Mm. ever need to decompress, I love to take baths. It definitely doesn't have to be, like, this hobby that, like, you search for and... But you do have to find joy in 
things that aren't booking a, a, a job in the theater. Yeah, choosing how to spend your time outside of that in a way that fills you up. Yes. There's so much about the life of an auditioning actor, actress, that is draining the cup. Mm-hmm. hmm And in order to keep full, you have to keep putting... I mean, this is true of life, too. Right. But you have to just keep putting things in. And like you said, it doesn't have to be an all-consuming hobby. Yes. Just times with people that you love. Yes. Getting a $6 bouquet of flowers and putting it on your counter. Right. Just things that are simple, but that you know make your day a little brighter. Right. And I also think one of the hardest things about being in this industry is your whole life, you're, you're asking someone else to give you permission to do what you love to do. And it's so easy to start determining your self-worth on whether or not they're saying yes or no. And you can very quickly go down a spiral to determine your happiness on whether or not you get the job. And the thing about casting is they can smell when you're desperate for the job. You know what I mean? Like, they know when you go in there and you're like, I will do anything you tell me to do, like, just to get this job. Because like I said before, they just want you to go in there and be yourself when you're in there just begging and they're not going to bite. And so something that I have learned honestly from Frankie, my boyfriend Frankie, is My son. Yeah. (laughs) Um... He has always, since we have started doing this, and it really came out in New York, was he is so fulfilled in his life in general. He could go to an audition and maybe they liked him and maybe they didn't. And then he would come home and, like, go to work and it was fine. You know what I mean? It didn't affect him or his day or his week or his month or his year because he had such a strong sense of self and so many other things in his life made him happy that everything was not determined by that yes or no decision on whether he got the job. And I have learned so much from him and the way that he approaches life in this business. And it really helps because you're able, the pressure is off. You can go in there and be like, alright, I'm going to sing my song, and maybe you like it, and maybe you don't, and if you don't, it's okay. Like, I'll try again tomorrow. It's got to be so hard to find that that right place that I care, and I'm invested, and I really want this, and I would work really hard if it is me, and not I don't care, but this is not going to... Make or break me. Yeah. It's got to be an ongoing challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just a couple more questions. 
what is a role that you would love to play one day? My dream role at the current moment is a Babe in the Cher Show, which is a new musical, um, obviously based on Cher's life. It's very nostalgic for me because when we were little, my mom was obsessed with Cher. Last year, the show had opened on Broadway and we took my mom to see it when we were in New York. Such a surreal moment mm. and I fell in love with the show and I went back and saw it like three more times. It closed on Broadway um, this summer. It was supposed to be going on tour next fall. Like this coming September? Yeah, but there's no word on whether or not that's still happening. There are three shares. Babe is the youngest, middle, and older share. And they all intertwine throughout mm-hmm. the show. Um, oh, I could totally see that. Yeah, so I would love to do that one day. <laughs> that would be very cool. Last question. You made the decision to take a stage name. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. It was always something that I thought about through college. Did they talk to you about that? No, in they didn't. And I never really talked to anyone else about it. It was always something that I had grappled with because I had a sister who did theater, and basically everything that my sister has done, I followed right behind and done too. And I mean, I'm so incredibly grateful that she paved the way like she did. And how um, many years older than you? She's seven years older okay. than me. Um, but we look like identical twins. Um, but it's always kind of been, oh my gosh, you're Bailey's sister. Oh my gosh, <laughs> your sister's Bailey. How's Bailey doing? It never bothered me, but when I knew that I was joining the union and I was moving to New York and... I was like, well, it's going to be the same thing when I get there. I had been thinking about it. There was hesitation. It was a huge decision to make, and I was scared. I guess what I was mostly scared of is that people would think that I was trying to be someone Mm. else, Mm -hmm. and that's not what I was doing at Mm -hmm. all. I waited to make the decision because I really wanted to discuss it with my agents. I wanted to get their opinion and see what they thought. So when I decided to sign with the agency that I'm with now, I brought it up to them and they were like, if that is something that you feel for your own personal growth and journey is going to help you and make you feel like you're coming into your own person, then we support that decision 100%. I went away for the summer. I thought about it for a little bit longer. When the time was approaching for me to join the union, I started reaching out to my friends and being like, I'm so stressed about this decision and I just am nervous of how people will receive me when I do this. And all of my friends were like, oh my gosh, if you're ready to take that jump, that we think it's a great idea. And so I did it. And what is it? Riviere, which is a family name. It's my great-grandma's last name. And my grandpa, who passed away when I was a sophomore in college, he had always wanted my mom to name 
for one of our middle names to be Revere, but she just she didn't do it. <laughs> it was something that I felt a very strong personal connection to that just happened to be a really beautiful name on top of the family connection that it had. I think it also reflects, I don't know, like before you walk in the room, that fits your, I don't want to say your look, your persona well. Right. And being from Louisiana, where the Cajun Creole has such a strong influence on the culture there, and I am such a Louisiana girl Mm -hmm. in every way, and I feel like it is a a great representation of home and where I came from and what my true, to my core, like, my culture is as a human and what I grew up with, and yeah, more so than anything, I knew it would give me a lot of confidence just coming into my own person that I never necessarily was before. And I feel like that decision kind of, like, gave me that stamp of, like, okay, you're doing this and you're doing it as you, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was super special. Very cool. Okay, well, do you have any closing thoughts for a student headed in this direction? As I said earlier, I think the most important thing is to be yourself because you are your biggest strength in this industry and in life in general. All of the things that make you you are the things that make you special and make you unique and are going to get you the job. So take those things and run with them and love yourself and be kind to yourself. That's it. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to do it. I just can't wait to see what's to come. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Yay. I really think that that chat is kind of like being able to peek behind the curtain before you see the show. So many great statements that she made, and I'm just going to pick a few. Um, I loved what she said about never having it all figured out and not wanting to be a groomed MT robot. And no amount of teaching can really prepare you for life as an auditioning actor and that's 99% of your life how there's a movement towards schools encouraging and accepting complete individuality in every way I think that's a really good point of just where musical theater college programs are shifting and really having to find joy in things that aren't booking a job, having things you like to do outside of theater, and just how important that is to life after college and going forward as an actor or an actress. Before I close, I just wanted to send out my thoughts and hopes and prayers for everyone during this time of COVID and all the unsettledness of that. 
along with the awareness of the Black Lives Matter movement. Everyone is at a high level of feeling and emotion. These are complicated times and I just want to make sure to acknowledge and to share that I'm hopeful as a result of these times we will grow and learn no more and be better because of it. Thinking of you all, take good care, be well, and don't forget to interact with my podcast in some way, Instagram, Facebook, email me, subscribe, comment, rate, all those things. All right. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a lot.